Jess, I think I finally figured out the solution to burnout. What's that? Murder. What? Welcome to Eat A Fix, a podcast about couple hyperfixating on obscure pop culture. I'm your co-host, Paul Unger. And I'm your co-host, Jess Unger. Thanks for tuning in again. And for everyone who has been subscribing and reviewing the podcast, it's been really helping. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Especially those of you who bug us about our next episode. Super heartwarming. And absolutely no pressure whatsoever. No. <laughs> <sighs> So today's episode is a bit of a sensitive topic because while we are talking about our experience with it, we know that everyone has experience with burnout. Very much so. Especially after the past two years, if you aren't experiencing burnout, first off, are you human? Second off, how? And third, if you can please send us whatever it is you're eating or tell us whatever it is you're doing to avoid that, it would be... Greatly appreciated because some of us need it. Carry on. That being said, throughout my entire life, I've gone through bouts of burnout. And without being diagnosed with ADHD, I didn't really understand how I could be a fully functional human for weeks at a time and then just shut down for weeks at a time (laughs) with absolutely no reason of why I was having a hard time getting to work on time, responding back to friends, just doing stuff that wasn't really the best for me. Makes sense. Yeah, like poor financial choices or just eating garbage, just turning on full raccoon mode. Yes. and We just just live like that now. Yeah. But I couldn't figure out why it was so, so bad. And now, thanks to being exposed, exposed to the ADHD community, it's really shown me that it's not a unique trait to be like that. And you unfortunately showed me that burnout is cumulative. And not only that, takes a long time to recover from. And now I haven't been too sure how to handle that. Yeah, you and me both, because three to five years is an awful long time. (laughs) Yeah, I... We found this life coach on TikTok. I am spacing on her name, but she was talking about burnout, how it affects you, and how long it takes to recover. And I thought you could take just a nice chill weekend and be good. No, Uh, I wish that's how it worked. I thought that's how it worked. That's not how it works. It's not how it works at all. Now, I know there's a through line for me. There's one thing that has always helped me get out of a rut. Stardew Valley. That's just a you thing. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But open world games have always been a big, a big thing for me. Like I remember going through university, the Assassin's Creed franchise had just come out. Yep. And I would get obsessed with those games where I would just play them. I'd be going through a hard time. I'd be playing Assassin's Creed. And then next thing you know, I came out of it, beat the game, right as rain, went on with my day. Hmm. And there's times when I had a grandparent who had passed away. 
And I just went, popped in Metal Gear Solid 5, and that was my life for the next three weeks while I processed through that. Our life, yeah. actually, because even I was engrossed in that one. And it's always been something I've gone to, just been drawn to when I was having a hard time. But I have realized that my stamina for being able to do that, just the time to invest into those worlds, has been less and less. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, I realized like, oh, there's a Lord of the Rings, Shadow of Mordor or whatever the sequel is called was on the Xbox. I'm like, oh, I'll play through that. That should kind of help me. Like realizing that trend. Yeah. And I think I got about two hours into it before I realized I'm not having fun. I'm playing this, trying to force myself into my own like personal therapy, trying to get this, the good vibes off of it. And it was just not working for me. Okay. And then Assassin's Creed Odyssey. A friend of mine had picked it up for me, so I tried playing through it. And again, I played through the game, but it was not giving me the good chemical feels. Right. So I beat the game, but at the end of it, it was just more of like a methodical, I am doing this to get to the end of the story so I can put it down and be done with it. Not because I needed it. Okay. Recently, (laughs) I had the exact opposite effect. So on Game Pass, it's kind of been my tool to avoid any frivolous purchases of games because it got out of hands once I realized I had like 2,600 games between all the platforms that we own. Okay. Yeah. And that that gets a little much. Like that makes you reevaluate where you're spending your money on. Yeah. Especially when we were talking about buying a game and I realized that we had actually owned it for a couple of years already. (laughs) And it was just, oh, how could I forget that I own that? It was Dream Daddy. I forgot that we own Dream Daddy already. And then we picked it up on Switch. Oh, just for easier play, I think, because it was on Steam or whatever. Yeah. But in any case, I had actually forgotten about it. And at that point, I'm just like, well, it's it is easier to play it on the Switch, but still, that's twice the purchases that I wasn't expecting to make for that. <laughs> that one at least was relatively negligible. There's a very big difference between a $14 game and a $50 plus game it, that you've purchased twice. <laughs> exactly. So I've been using that as a tool to sample games and kind of more in that blockbuster sense of, I'll try it for a weekend. If it doesn't take, I'm okay dropping it. Okay. So. I've had some really good experiences with games and then some really bad experiences have just kind of made me go like, okay, an hour into this, I'm just uninstalling it. I don't need to get any further than this. Yeah. But one came on that caught my eye. It was done in a visual novel style. I knew nothing about it. And it was called Paradise Killer. Yep. Now, this game came out in September of 2020. And I think at that point, it was a wee bit distracted and wasn't really paying attention to what new games were coming out, especially when it came to the indie scene. And I think at a glance, I would have dismissed this under any other circumstances. Visual novel games have never really been my forte. 
Like I've played some, but they aren't really the ones that draw me in. That makes sense. There's usually a lot of reading, not a lot of voice acting. And I know even with sometimes when I'm going through comics, I just eventually get to a point where I'm like, I'm flipping from panel to panel, but I've stopped reading. (laughs) I just kind of look at the pictures and just kind of start like summarizing in my head what I think is happening. Okay. (laughs) But it's kind of been something I've stayed away from largely. So this game comes out with like, not quite an anime aesthetic, weird, not up to par graphics. It's an odd mix. Yeah. Yeah. It has a trailer that plays when it comes on Game Pass. And it has the synth wave beach music. The, The sound of my people, yes. With this Japanese vaporware aesthetic at a resort. And then throw in some like crystal occult signs in the back and skulls littering the beach. And that and the first 10 seconds of that trailer just sold me. I needed to play this game (laughs) with the tagline of who killed paradise. I didn't know what else I was expecting going into this. I just installed it. And once I started playing this game, I was captivated. Yep. So to give you the premise of the game, you play as Lady Love Dies. She has been spending the last three million plus days in isolation, in a penthouse of sorts, which I mean, can't be that bad. She actually has a pool. Yeah, it looks like some pretty sweet digs. But I imagine that many days by yourself can't be good. No. And she is contacted because she is going to solve a murder that's happened on an island. Not any island, Paul. What kind of island is it? It's an island in a weird pocket dimension where there is a syndicate trying to bring back their occult gods from deep space. And create perfection in the process. It's really weird. It's really messed up. And I loved everything about it. I understood none of it. (laughs) So you arrive on this island and it's effectively a closed door murder as everyone is closing up shop on this island because it's been tainted by demons. So this group, the syndicate, has been trying to make the perfect island to raise their gods and keep demons away. And this is Island 24, and everyone is starting to move to Island 25, which is supposed to be perfect, finally, after 25 islands. And as everyone is ready to close up shop, someone has murdered the council who is in charge of running the islands and the syndicate. And all that's left is the half a dozen or so people on the island who are getting ready to pack up shop. And you have to find out which one of them managed to commit the crime of the century. And it's horribly confusing. But I think that's the thing that really sold me. Because your regular Sherlock Holmes mystery, your regular Agatha Christie mystery, has real-world logic to it. 
for the most part. There are some fantastical elements, or there are some elements that are a little outlandish. But this starts off with, oh, someone murdered the council. Okay. And they got past a bunch of seals. What do you mean seals? Magical seals are supposed to keep them in this room. Okay, that's weird. And so the seals have stopped anyone from being able to get in to actually see the bodies because they can't get through the locks, but apparently the killer did. And the supposed killer, the most agreed-upon killer that the residents believe, is a kid who has been possessed by a demon. Because that's a thing that happens. Yep. And you get into this world of eldritch gods and rituals and enslavement and forced prayer. It's weird. (laughs) And it hits that just, it hit all the right vibes and kept on being this little puzzle box that kept on unfolding. Because as you find these little pieces of evidence, the more that you go around, the more that you explore this island, it just kept on adding different layers to the story. So if you want, you can end the game. There's an achievement for this in under 10 minutes by getting there and accusing the what seems like the obvious choice of being a murderer, the possessed kid. Mm-hmm. Call it a day, close up shop, move on to paradise. Or you can investigate. And sometimes you will find different tools that point towards different people and you can extrapolate the evidence to point to one person or another. But it's not just the small little area you get to go through. You are allowed to walk through this entire resort-like island that's only populated by those handful of people who are left. It's mostly abandoned. You get to just see the sort of empty houses and apartments, the empty city centers, all these places where people were and aren't anymore. Mm -hmm. It's this liminal city that you get to explore with just a few people lingering about it. It feels surreal, but the same way that you would feel walking through, like, you know, when you're walking around at night or at a time of day when there just happens to be an empty street. Okay. It was nice. And you end up exploring that island so thoroughly. I haven't still, like, finished this game last week. I stayed up until 2 a.m. to finish it last week (laughs) because I got to the climax of the story and I could not put it down. So we've arrived at the point in the podcast where there was a small issue with the recording. So we lost a good chunk of what I was saying about the world of Paradise Killer that just could not be recovered. At this point, Jess and I had finished recording at, I don't know, I think it was like 11 at night. Point was, we weren't going back to record it once we knew that there was the issue there. But once I was done editing, I realized that I really wanted that segment in. So we're just going to do a chill rehashing of that part. So the one thing about Paradise Killer that I really truly enjoyed was the atmosphere. Now while I talked about the vaporware aesthetic 
and all the occult symbols that are all over the place. The thing that really stuck out with me was the emptiness of the world. All that's left in this area are the few friends that the protagonist has and has a relationship with, a few lingering ghosts, and a demon who is doomed to stay there. You have your best friend and potential murder suspect, Lydia Daybreak, and her husband, Sam Daybreak, who is a bartender, who have been together on this island for nearly 10,000 years. And while talking with them, doing your investigation, you hear about how their relationship has changed in all this time, and how they found ways to make their marriage work during an eternity of living together. You have Crimson Acid, a soldier turned idol, who talks about the loneliness of being used as a mascot for the council and these old gods, and how she feels alone in that position and turns to a side hustle of crime just to kind of feel something. You have Aikito, the harsh marshal who's calling for the blood of Henry the moment you arrive and treats you with nothing but disdain. But if you're willing to probe and try and make a relationship, you actually find this person inside who has feelings and emotions and has more of a reason for what they're doing other than just being militaristic. It's really easy to dismiss all these characters as just having a solitary emotion. But if you're willing to put in the work and actually form those relationships with them, you end up seeing much more real people in this weird, surreal setting. And I know for myself, once I got to the end of the story, once I knew who was responsible for this heinous crime, once all the pieces fit together, I still wanted to go around this island and spend time with these people. I knew this island like the back of my hand. I had dreams of walking through it when I wasn't playing the game. I just, it felt like I was actually there. And that's something I haven't experienced in many games. And with everything that we've been talking about when it comes to burnout and trying to recover from it, having that true escapism, even to a world where you're there to solve a murder involving demons and dead gods, you can still find chill vibes and beaches and friends and I don't know about you but sometimes you kind of need that I truly enjoyed this game and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about it and some other games that were really good for us but if you haven't you definitely should check out Paradise Killer alright this has been the end of this little chill hangout enjoy the rest of the podcast it's just this really nice world filled with cults, murder, and chill vibes. Yeah, it was an extremely unique game. 
even though you had your whole murder board set out to try and figure out what was going on. And I would listen to you thoroughly explain your theories and what your plan of action was. And my brain would not wrap around any of it. Like it just made no sense to me, but it made perfect sense to you. And we were looking at the same game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I will say that there's certain things that came out of my mouth trying to explain this game to you that definitely sounded like the musings of a madman. Absolutely. But she is right. I did, like even at work, constructed a little murder board because I can only play the game for so many hours in the night. And I needed to figure it out. I was thinking about it all the time. But it's weird how I finished this game and I'd kind of been in this rut of just not being able to really want to put time into my own projects. Like we do the podcast, that's fine. But like I've had short stories I've wanted to write. I've had drawings I've wanted to do. I have game design documents that are halfway finished that I need to actually finish up. (sighs) And I had not wanted to touch them in a while. And since finishing it, it kind of made me go back and actually feel good about being creative again, being weird. Yeah. It's been nice. Good. Not to mention that soundtrack is killer. Oh, it's so good. It's wonderful. It's available on Spotify if you want to go check it out. And if you love 80s synthwave, if that's your jam, it go. It's so good. So good. Paradise Killer OST. So anything that's going to come out from Kaizen Gameworks next, I am so down for. All right. Also going to try and pick up some of the merch. Ooh. Always down to support people we we enjoy the work of. Mm-hmm. That is not a correct sentence, but no, we're it's, leave it there. That's why we have so much Stardew and Hollow Knight stuff around the house. Yeah. And super giant games. Yes. Even hearing that name, just warm fuzzies inside. See, and that was another one. Hades. Yeah. That was another one that was just that wasn't an open world game, but that gave me that same those same vibes going into it. Well, we're also both very much Greek mythology lovers, especially the story of Persephone and Hades. Oh yeah. After uh, like Lore Olympus and Punderland and Yes. So that's I don't know, a popular niche thing. But yeah, that's something that we really love. But Hades just it was like combining a whole bunch of things that you love. Amazing soundtrack plus fantastic game studio. We love everything, everything that has come out of Supergiant Games. Visuals, whole nine yards, plus a storyline that we already love. And it was just, wow, chef kiss. So Mm -hmm. good. Sometimes it's games like this and games like Hades where I wish I could unremember them or not have a mystery, like unlearn a crucial mystery of the game and get that desire of like going through the game and wanting to relearn it and like wanting to discover that. Yeah. Because I know once I got to the conclusion of Paradise Killer, when all those pieces came together in my head, 
and I realized what had happened. Yeah. It felt really good. It felt amazing. The fact of all those pieces coming together and knowing for certain what was going on. Yeah. But once I was done, it was just a feeling of like, I can't ever get that aha moment back. Yeah. And now I've been looking for a new fix for that. So I've been going through now exploring the vast sea of visual novel investigation games because there are others, none that are quite like Paradise Killer. Mm -hmm. But if I can find something that engages me the same way as Paradise Killer or Outer Wilds, something where it just makes me feel things, has good music and makes me think, I think I'd be, I think I'd be very happy. No. Well, if you all out there have any suggestions, I think we'd be open to hearing them. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Leave us a comment. So I know for myself, that has basically been taking up all my brain ram the past little bit. (laughs) It's been, it's been nice to just think about that, that one thing. And now that I'm like, Moving on to, I know I have Tunic lined up. We need to finish Death's Door. Yeah. But, I don't know, got me excited about stuff again. Good. But what have you been fixating on? Oh, right now I am just trying to finish up a crocheted polo shirt I'm making for our toddler, hopefully in time for Easter. It's going to sound so boring. Oh my goodness. I just bought a row counting app where I can import my crochet patterns and mess around with them to make the modifications I need. And it's super cool and I really love it. And I haven't had anything like that before. And it's a really nerdy grandma thing, but I'm really happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's made my life so much easier. And it is night mode, which is just anything that has night mode. Thank you. If you don't have night mode, get out of my face. Everything should have night mode. Yeah, I'm actually kind of baffled that the TikTok app doesn't. Well, it doesn't really, there's no... Oh no, but when you go to your notification screen, you're you're blinded by the light. That would be lovely. But like, how often do you go to your notification screen? Not often. Often enough. But it's like, it's at the bottom of all the videos. It's not like a super huge deal. That one I'm less mad at, but like Facebook, yes. Instagram, yes. This row counting crochet pattern app, absolutely. It's just, and it was $10 for a whole year for the premium version to be able to do all that and convert the pattern to a PDF. This is a really stupid thing to be passionate about. No, it's not. What's the slogan of the show? That's true. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's fair. Anyway, that is making me extremely happy. And I also found out that it has a tab that you can click and it there's patterns there that you can search, which don't even get me started on that. That's exciting. <laughs> but yeah, I've just kind of been, I ran out of fluff. So I've been crocheting more garments. I recently finished a pair of socks that were really nice, better than any other pair of socks I've ever made. So that was nice. Doing that polo shirt. I just finished a... Little Mermaid Nautilus shell. (laughs) And that turned out really cute. 
It's okay. <laughs> it was experimental. I didn't use a pattern because I couldn't find one. I could have, like, that was the right size. So I took a chance and did a thing and it worked out okay. And she seems happy with it. So yeah. I'm not going to complain. It's just like, ah, eh, it's all right. I'll see what she thinks. Stuck it on a necklace. Here you go. Have an Ursula necklace. And she's been singing ever since. So yeah, just messing around with the yarn. <laughs> <laughs> I always love seeing what you come up with. It's just, yeah. <laughs> and I'm lo- I'm looking forward to seeing how this turns out. It's going to look like he's going to look like Peter Cottontail when it's all done. I hope so. I'm not sure about the stitch. I'm afraid it's going to be too big. It looks fine. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm using one of his shirts to get the measurements. Okay. So he's got a little bit of room to play around with. Mm-hmm. But no, it's the little collar. I'm very excited for the little collar. And I plan on putting a little pocket on it. Because what's a polo without a pocket? Exactly. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome. With my polymer clay handled uh, metal crochet hooks where I made the polymer clay handles on them. Yeah. See, you did something productive and made actual handles for your crochet hooks. I did something not so productive and made a juicy, thick mushroom with a giant Mario mustache. And giant, thick with eight C's eyebrows to go with it. I love Michael. And that's M-Y-C-O-L, like mycology. It's clever. You love it. Anyway, I love him. He sits and he oversees my work. And he's like the the approving dad from Luca. I love him. <laughs> He does have Luca Dad energy. He does. It's the same face. He's got no eyes. He's just eyebrows, nose, and a mustache. (laughs) And a mushroom cap. Like, I love him. He's the best. (laughs) Best work dad. (laughs) (laughs) So, to wrap things up, first off, crochet naps. Nothing to balk at. They can be very helpful and very exciting. Absolutely. Second off, solving murders on cultist resorts. Good for your mental health. Exactly. <laughs> Pick up Paradise Killer. It's on any platform. Any. Any. <laughs> Pick one. If, there Sky- it. if Skyrim could be on a fridge, I'm sure Paradise Killer could be too. <laughs> Skyrim could be. Is it on mobile though? It isn't. It is on Nintendo Switch, which can be mobile. I'm trying. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to cover myself. No, that's good. Yeah. Great. Cool. Awesome. Or And where I played it, it is on Xbox Game Pass. Yes. There's a lot of good stuff that comes out on there. Give it a try. Yeah. But for next week, we will have to see where, where the dopamine is going to take us and where we end up next. Yeah. Lately, we've kind of just been flying by the seat of our pants and doing episode by episode on whatever we want to that week we haven't really have a plan and it's been working out so far honestly yeah i'm not mad at this no and if you've been enjoying the show and you've gone this far remember to subscribe to us and review us on whatever platform you're on whether that be itunes whether that be spotify whether that be stitcher podster other stirs I don't know exactly how many platforms we're on after it hit the first 12. I think I just lost count. (laughs) So (laughs) we're on a lot of platforms. We are. 
And I'm not too sure how many you can review on, but if you are on one of those, feel free to. Recommend us to your friends. Check us out on TikTok. We're funny. Paul's funny. I'm not on there a lot. Paul's funny, though. Paul's sleep deprived when he does it. (laughs) Paul does TikToks at 2 a.m. because he can't sleep. (laughs) Yay, ADHD brain. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) But until next time, remember, like what you like. No matter what the mean kids say. Bye. Bye. So a big thank you to Ethel and the Androids for the use of their song Used to Know You for the intro and the outro. You can find the link to their SoundCloud in the show description, as well as all our links to our social media. And thanks for tuning in and listening to our podcast. If you like the show, be sure to review and subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice.